the stretching mouths of the people of Utonki became Sutantini. The thought gave him a gutsy boost. He trotted down the steps to the floor of the gallery. Walking unhurriedly, he cast deliberate glances about him, so that an observer might mistake him for a veteran player in the rare sport where gods and sacred curios were bought and sold. He paused near the spiral staircase. A sign warned, Please do not ascend unless escorted. He walked on to a chest-high showcase. A hefty wooden head stared at him from atop a rectangular stump. The face was pitched forward, like a tortoise's head poking out of a shell. On closer inspection, E.K. saw that the carved head was deformed by a chipped, flattened nose and large, bulgy eyes. Inside the case... Four fluorescent puck lights washed the statue with crisscross patterns of luminescence and shadows. A fork-tongued serpent coiled itself round the statue's neck. There was an electronic key code for the showcase's twin-wing door and several perforations in the glass, small and circular, as if designed to let in and let out just enough air to keep the glum, rigid statue from suffocating. A strip tag glued to the glass cage identified the deity as C-1760. Ike picked up a glossy catalog and thumbed to the C-section. Each page was columned with sections marked Inventory Code, Name, Brief History, and Price. He ran his finger down the line until he saw the tag number. Then he drew his finger across to the price column. $29,655. He flipped the pages to the catalog's last section marked Heavenly Inventory. The lowest price in the section was $171,455, the highest $1.13 million. He studied the image of one of the deities in that section. Carved from soot-black wood, it had two fused figures, one female and the other male. The figures backed each other. The female was big-breasted and boasted a swollen belly. The male figure held a hoe in one hand, a gun in the other, its grotesque phallus extending all the way to its feet. They shared the same androgynous head, turned neither left nor right, but forward. A pair of deep-set eyes seemed to return Ike's stare. It was listed for $325,630. Ike read the short italicized description. A god of the crossroads, originally from Papua New Guinea. Wait until they see Ingeni, he said under his breath, a flush of excitement washing over him. Surely a legendary god of war would command a higher price than a two-faced crossroads idler. At the thought... The catalog slipped from his hands and thudded on the floor. He hastily picked it up, glancing all around. Perhaps the gallery surveillance camera was beamed on him, trailing his every movement. He moved to another showcase. He squatted, bit his lip, and peered intensely at the encased quarry, nodding like a connoisseur. From nowhere some foul whiff brushed his nose and he recoiled. He heard a woman's low voice and stood to look but two showcases blocked his view. Have I ever, ever been too busy for you? A man answered in a stentorian voice. A pair of sequined magenta shoes descended the staircase. These yielded toned calves, 
then sturdy thighs that disappeared beneath a tight purplish skirt, and then the tanned tight upper body of a blonde. Then behind her, the man appeared. E.K. recognized Mark Gruels, the owner of the gallery. He did not panic, his poise a remarkable feat considering what was at stake. Neither the woman nor Gruels looked E.K.'s way. Her right arm was around his waist, his left arm draped over her shoulder. They circled the staircase and walked down another aisle toward the far wall. E.K. watched them but pretended to be riveted by the catalog. Gruels was a head taller than the woman, even though she looked at least five-nine. Cerise pearls adorned the woman's neck. Gruels' groomed appearance seemed to leave some room for cultivated ruggedness. He had a full head of black hair, garnished with dots of gray. He wore a dark green down vest over a bleached green shirt.